You're listening to the official Khan and Cans podcast powered by ACAST, the world's largest independent podcast company. G'day, bonjour. I'm your host, Bryce Crosswell, Victorian Group Sales Lead here at ACAST, and I'm ready to bring you on the journey of Khan and Cans presented by Pinterest. Hello, hello. Everyone has had their morning coffee and are buzzing and ready for another day of amazing chats from some of the greatest minds to grace Khan and Cans. Our next guest is Olivia Ansel, Artistic Director for the Sydney Festival, voted one of Vivid Sydney's top 100 creative catalysts. Ooh la la. <laughs> Olivia is a highly accomplished art professional with over two decades uh, experience as a curator, producer, choreographer, and performing artist. <sighs> it's a lot. <laughs> Olivia, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Bryce. Thanks, Jess. <laughs> um, so, very accomplished career, as we just heard. Take me through what it's been like navigating your way through quite a competitive industry. Well, I began my career as an artist, and that is already a highly competitive environment. And um, despite parents in the industry telling me that the last thing they wished was for their daughter to pursue the same career that they did, really? only because of the competitive nature of it and um, it's precarious and, and very uncertain. But I just grew a passion for the arts and, of course, wanted to pursue it. And I think um, one of the things that, that you do as a performing artist, because it is very hard to, to make it, to break into the field and to continue to stay employed throughout the duration of being an artist, is to have a bit of a sports psychology mentality about it. And it was interesting hearing Ash Barty yesterday talk about winning and losing and how to sit in that grace when you lose and how to learn from when you've lost and, and what can you do better. And I think as an artist, you're, you're a technician as well as, um, you know, a provocateur on stage. You're also a technician of your craft and, if you weren't to be successful in securing that particular play or production that you've auditioned for or, or, or TV show for that matter, what can you do in your craft to improve so that, or how can you adapt character next time when you audition for the, for the, for the next job? And in terms of being a producer and a curator, interestingly, I think it was the eclecticism of how many art form genres I studied as an artist and took an interest in, in order to stay employed, <laughs> that made me an eclectic curator and producer. Because it, it, in Australia, it's not like Broadway or the West End. We don't have the volume of production. Yeah. So the more multi-skilled you are as an artist, the more employed you can be. And then as a producer and curator, if you have a lens across multiple art forms, then of course that pushes you into um multi-arts environments, whether that's performing arts centres or festivals, you can canvas across you know, various pockets of art forms and have a good understanding and, and also um, drive a curatorial theme um, to, through, through a range of emotions and a range of creative lenses. So it's, it's interesting that they go hand in hand. Yeah. And look, I've had the pleasure and, and so have you of seeing some guest speakers speak throughout the event. You know, there's a theme of failure leading into success. Um, is there any stories that you can share of some failures that you've gone through that might have turned into success later on? Look, a great example of a learning, I would say, to be honest, as soon as last year, we were put, putting together the 2022 festival coming out of what was a Delta lockdown and the public health order hadn't dropped. And what that means is that uh, we couldn't 
scope a festival because we didn't have the venue capacities. If the public health order hasn't dropped, we don't know if we can actually do an event. If we did do an event, how many people can we fit into that room or outdoor location? And then that impacts budget. So we waited and waited until the public health order finally dropped, which was the end of September, and then quickly and madly rushed a festival together and put it on sale in mid-November. And whilst um, externally one could say, wow, you've got 133 events on sale and you've gone out there and um, and and Sydney Festival was one of the first big events to come back in what was meant to be a post-pandemic world. And we know how that story played out with Omicron. But what was happening behind the scenes over six weeks was six incredibly crazy weeks of trying to pull a festival together in terms of marketing, communications, production, contracting in a period that would normally take 90 days. And so we'd shrunk the window down to six weeks and um, that sort of sense of organised chaos delivering one of the biggest festivals in the world. Uh, I think we've all agreed that next year if a pandemic hits again and we don't have the public health order till the end of September, we'd be rethinking the scale of the festival. Please don't say that. There is no <laughs> pandemic. I'm touching pandemic wood. Pandemic is not a word that we use in this podcast. I'm touching wood. Um, the, I can only imagine the, how affected the performing arts was throughout that COVID period as well. Like it would have been a, a bit of a disaster for the last couple of years. So it's good to see that it's back up and running. Now, you're a keynote speaker today. Can you share with the listeners at home what you'll be discussing? Yeah, absolutely. I think about Khan and Cans and all of the delegates here and the field in which the delegates work in, and that is media, marketing and publishing. And one would ask, well, why is an arts festival doing a keynote at this conference? I even asked myself that. And what's interesting is that we're all in the creative industries, but it's as though we mutually exclusively exist. So we're over here doing these amazing activations by some of the world's most incredible contemporary artists and the media publishing and advertising industry are looking for cool activations to do with their clients, be it digitally or physically. How can we better intercept as as fields? We're all under this one umbrella titled creative industries, but sometimes I think we feel a little too separate. And I think there's a lot that we can learn from each other. And so I'm interested as a provocation to deliver the keynote, share some of the exciting projects that we are doing into the future and also our vision for Sydney uh, in in a very futuristic way in terms of what, what is Sydney over the next 50 years in summer with climate change on our heels. And how can we better integrate? What are the opportunities is what I will throw up in the keynote. Great. I'll be front row for sure. (laughs) Um, Now, the theme of the conference is turning an idea into an I did. How did the Sydney Festival turn from an idea into an I did? In 1977, Stephen Hall was our first festival director and there was a conversation with the City of Sydney Council and state government. And the issue was that people would leave Sydney for their summer holiday and uh, we would just open Sydney Opera House. It was four years um, shy. Uh, well, it was, it'd been open for four years, I should say. Uh, but we didn't have any events in the city. So the city was dead essentially over summer. And how can we encourage Sydney siders and visitors to Sydney to stay here and enjoy what summer in Sydney has to offer? And so the festival was invented. And uh, 47 years later, what's ironic is we've actually got the same problem. We have so many festivals now, so that isn't the issue. But because of the pandemic, people are villaging. They're working from home. They've moved re- moved regionally. They no longer come into the CBD the way they did pre-pandemic. And um, one of the key aspirations of both local, state and government is 
how can you bring all of these Sydney ciders and visitors to Sydney back into the heart of the CBD and into Parramatta and into sort of that 25k radius and activate and animate the city and, and um, revitalise Sydney's nighttime economy. So that's a key challenge. And I should mention that the lockout laws before the pandemic didn't help that either. So um, yes, we, we've seen many years of just so much competition and the hustle and bustle of Sydney in summer. And there's actually some similarities between 1977 and 2023. <laughs> and Olivia, finally, what's the biggest piece of advice you can give the listeners from that experience? To remain agile. I think don't, don't get too attached to one particular idea or one particular project. It's really easy to fall in love with, a, with an idea or an activation or a story or a particular precinct or campaign but in the world that we're living in now, we need to learn to um, adapt, be agile and, and see the strategic reasons why that may not work anymore and it's okay to try something different. So stay agile and don't get too attached and keep the bigger vision and the bigger picture in your sights. Yeah, well, look, thank you so much for joining us today, Olivia. It's been fantastic to hear, you know, a different side to like you said, you know, we are under the one umbrella of creativity, but we might not see some of the things that you're doing, you know, in-house. So it's fantastic to hear your stories and look forward to, to listening to your talk later on this afternoon. Thanks, Bryce. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the official Khan in Cairns podcast powered by Acast, the world's largest independent podcast company. If you're interested in podcast advertising, contact Acast to get your brand in front of millions of engaged listeners today.